All right, let's go. Welcome back to another episode of Real Talk. Jeff here. Brad, how are you, man? I am doing well here on a just Tuesday. Uh, it is a Tuesday. Together a little bit, yeah. It is a Fourth Tuesday. Monday this week doesn't usually happen, so Tuesday, day two. Ready to knock out another division here, man. Got the Super Bowl yeah. champs on deck. Yeah, yeah, I see you're, you're rocking the Bucks jersey right there. Yes, That's your boy Mike Evans, right? Been a diehard day one. We'll get into the Bucks a little bit later, but you guys all know I'm a big draft guy, big nerd when it comes to the draft. I have never been more angry than when Sammy Watkins went before Mike Evans. I lost it. I would tell everyone who would listen, Mike Evans made Johnny Manzo. So here we are, Mike Evans, seven straight thousand yards. No biggie. It's out here baptizing dudes, except Marshawn Lattimore. I mean, Superman's got kryptonite, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I'm I'm here. I'm ready to talk about another division. We're going to – I mean, this this is an interesting division, in my opinion. I think of all the divisions we're going to do, this is a top two or three as far as intrigue goes. I mean, I think the top may be locked in, but the rest are a lot of question marks. So I'm excited to talk about it as a as a neutral fan, and – We'll go from there. About ready to kick her off? Yeah, let's do it. All right, we're going to start with the Atlanta Falcons, who ended the year at 4-12. and um, They did fire their coach, Dan Quinn. And they went and hired – help me out. Do you have it in front of you? Arthur Smith. Arthur Smith, thank you, from the Tennessee Titans. They, uh, they drafted Dennis Pitts, traded Kyle, Kyle, Kyle Pitts. Pitts. Dial- Dennis, Dennis Pitta. Pitta. You've done that <laughs> you've done that twice. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it okay. to the end of time. I'll do it to the end of time. <laughs> drafted um wow, I almost did it again. Drafted Kyle Pitts, traded Julio Jones. So obviously if we're if we're ranking the best Falcons of all time, he'd easily be a top fiver. Uh they traded him in the offseason to the Tennessee Titans. But this team ended up losing their last five games. Not a whole lot to be excited about in Atlanta. Um and this team honestly has been a dumpster fire since leading 28 to three in the Super Bowl against the Patriots in Super Bowl 51. So what do you have on the Atlanta Falcons? Yeah, I don't like the Atlanta Falcons at all. I think they're a bad football team. Um, good for Kyle Pitts. I believe they're, you know, I've always said this and maybe I'm in the minority here, but I've always been a bit of advocate for Matt Ryan is really average. A lot of people look at the offense, they're like, well, they got Matt Ryan at quarterback. That's usually where people start. And it's like he lost Kyle Shanahan, and they really have Andy Dalton at quarterback. So they don't have any defensive play. They, I mean, even when they won some games last year, they allowed a ton of points in those games. You go look through their losses. I mean, just the first three games or first four games, they allowed 30 or more points. They didn't really do anything, in my opinion, to really increase their defense. I mean, their coach was a defensive head coach that everybody loved to play for. So you move him out, you bring in Arthur Smith, and you hope he can revive the offense, but you lose Julio Jones. A lot of people may say, well, he was injured quite a bit. We'll see if Kyle Pitts and Calvin Ridley can do it. I mean, Kyle Ridley, a lot of people say, was the number one last year. They might want to say that or could potentially take over, and he had a heck of a season last year. Four straight 100-yard games towards the end of the season, all in losses, though. I mean, how much do you really get if your quarterback's average and your best player's your wide receiver? Um, don't like the Falcons very much. I think they'll finish fourth in this division again. Um, we'll see how it goes, but I don't really have much positives to stay on the Falcons. I think that this is 
The only reason you would watch the, the Atlanta Falcons this year is if you have a fantasy player, and they're a great offensive fantasy team. Yeah, Fantastic. actually, Kyle Pitts. They'll score 28 points yeah. a game, easily. Gage, Calvin Ridley, Pitts, even there's Mike Davis, the running back. They get They do get numbers. Yeah, I will say this. I don't love their running game, even with Davis coming in. Not a huge fan of their running game. Not a huge fan of their offensive line. Uh, their defense has been abysmal now for quite a while, and I don't think it got any better. Um, I mean, Kyle Pitts is definitely a boost in the offense and a boost in the arm, but, I mean, losing Julio Jones kind of hurts, but as long as Kyle Pitts is on the field, maybe that'll be enough because Julio's been hurt. Um, I, again, I don't love the Falcons. I think a Falcons fan, if you're listening to this, realistically, you were four and twelve last year. I think you're probably five and eleven. No, I'm sorry, five and five and twelve this year. I think you win one extra game, but it's because there's an extra game. I don't think you're, I don't think you're that much better. You might be six and eleven at best. I don't think this is something that uh, you want to hear, and I understand that, but I just don't think that this team is. Has improved year over year. I mean, they got better offensively, but I don't know that that was really a weak point for them. As you I already do. I think the Falcons could maybe go four and twelve, and that's with the Lions and Jets both on their schedule. I just I don't like the Falcons. I mean, they're nuclear sometimes on offense, but gosh, until their defense plays even close to average, I think this is a team that just gets walked on. It's funny that we say that because let's let's go over their first five. I actually have them in in a really competitive situation here. Um, they're going to start off with the Eagles, which I believe they are better than. Um, I could I could totally hear out an argument where the Eagles are better than them, but I I personally don't see it today. I have the Falcons winning Week One against the Eagles at home. I think the Eagles win. Okay. I I mean we'll get into the NFC East later. Um, yeah. I do believe people are are very quick to jump ship on the Eagles after really an oddball last season when they've been good the past three or four years before. And they're going through a change, but I believe they did what they needed to, to at least get everyone on the same page for the Eagles. We'll get there again later. I like the Eagles to beat the Falcons. Week two, they travel down to Tampa to play Tom Brady and the Bucks. I have the Bucks winning that one. Um, I think a lot of it just has to do with the fact that the Bucks defense will be able to sit up and play and they won't have an answer for for what the Bucks offense brought much like last year. Including Calvin Ridley and Kyle Pitts. I don't know if the Falcons have one guy that would start for the Buccaneers. I don't Gronk, you could make a case Gronk's a better tight end and both their receivers are better than Calvin Ridley. You could make the case. I'm not saying they are definitively. I, I, but but. I just think on paper and on the field, the Buccaneers eclipse what the fake Falcons are capable of. I just don't like that matchup at all. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I don't think what you're saying is crazy there. Uh, week three at the New York Giants. I thought the Giants played much better football in the second half of the year. I expect them to be around that same tempo to start the year, plus having Saquon back. I actually like the Giants in this matchup at home. Yeah, they, uh, they're they going to Tampa and then flying up to New York. Um, in New York, say what you want about Daniel Jones, but I believe the amount of playmakers on offense, I believe if the Giants do struggle their first two games, this would be a confidence booster for Daniel Jones going up against the soft defense of the Falcons. So I actually like the Giants to win again. Yeah. Week four, they are home against Washington. Um, 
though I think Washington can be anybody on any given day, I don't believe that this is a good matchup for Washington, and I actually have them losing to the Atlanta Falcons. Arthur Smith starts his head coaching career 0-4. Washington beats the Falcons. That front yeah. seven, I think that front seven destroys a lot of teams, their defensive line in particular. I mean, yeah. I don't think I'm an offensive lineman like guru, but I couldn't name one guy on the Falcons offensive line. Uh, I Alex think this is at center. I think he left. Isn't he a 49er now? Oh, I think you're right, actually. Yeah. Yeah, you're yeah. right. Yeah, they're so, off I, mean, I, I just think they I think they create so much pressure in this Washington offense. I think knowing that they don't have to do a ton just in the grand scheme of things do a ton because of their defense. I think they mm-hmm. take care of the football and I think this is another win and again, I know it's crazy. You like to see teams will mix it up, but I don't think it's crazy to be sitting here, you know, doing our Sunday morning countdown week 5 talking about the 0 and 4 Falcons playing maybe the 0 and 4 Jets. In London, two 0-4 teams in London, potentially. I'm saying that could be a huge storyline. We could yeah. potentially be looking at two 0-4 teams in London on October 10th. Yeah, I think you're being I think you're being hard on Atlanta. I, I'm, I'm not a huge on Atlanta. You are being hard on Atlanta, and that's fine. You're taking a stance here. I think they're I think they're at least two and two. Um, I think they are capable capable of being the Giants and Washington and the Eagles. I think they're capable okay. of being those three teams. Those are all obviously NFC East teams. Um, the NFC East typically will beat up on each other, and then they will lose and I mean, they'll lose a lot of games, but they typically do win some outside games too. So it'll be interesting. Last year they did not win a lot of outside games; they only beat up on each other. Yeah. And I do want to be clear they they do play through, like you said, three NFC East teams. Yeah. And they are all winnable outside of the Buccaneers. Their first five, they have a lot of winnable games. So. Yeah. I think I'm being so hard on my stance of 0-4 because I could be wrong, but it's just one of the teams I feel strongly about, whether good or bad. I got to put my foot down. This is one of those ones where I'll have to admit if I'm wrong, you know, first month of the season. But I don't know. I think I'll look pretty good if they're if they're really 0-4 to start, and I think they could be. Going into week five, that game is at London, as we just alluded to. Uh, I have Atlanta moving to 3-2, and two, beating the Jets. They do beat the Jets, and maybe that's where their season turns around, come back. They got a bye week, week six. They can focus. But I, see, I'm, see you're, you're saying their season's going to turn around. I think it's going to turn around the I, opposite I, I think I we're going to get but, but that's the thing. I, I'm saying it could potentially with my scenario. I don't think it will. I mean, they come out of the yeah. bye week, Dolphins, Carolina. Again, I just – it's another team where, yes, the Falcons – could win a lot of game, like a lot of versus a lot of different opponents, but it's hard for me to look at the Falcons and predict them to win the game. I, everyone knows I'll wear it on my sleeve. I am a massive Matt Ryan hater. Don't like Matt Ryan. I'm always saying he's butt, but that's just how I feel about the Falcons. And if you are listening to your Falcons fan, I mean, feel free to uh, to let me know you disagree. And then apologize week five when you're one and four that I was right. I mean, that's up to you. But I know I'm being a little cocky here, but yeah, I like them at one and four. Sorry. Oh, it's all good. Um, we'll move on from them unless you have anything else to say. They did, I mean, the, the, 
I think we both agree they're not a great football team. They're not going to be a contender this year. We differ well, on which games they may or may not win, but that's that's about it. I mean, maybe a little insight to come, but they might be they might not be in dead last all alone at one and four. Oh Let's boy. Oh boy. Oh boy. Moving on to a team that I bragged about all year. I am not sure why I bragged so much about a five and eleven football team, but it's the Carolina Panthers. Um, but much like last season, we went in the season. I talked about all the things that I really liked that they did. I liked a lot of the things they did this off season. They brought in Sam Darnold. They traded away Teddy Bridgewater, so they basically said Sam's job. Period. Point blank. They also tried many times to go after Deshaun Watson. It just didn't really work out. They lost Curtis Samuel. Okay. They drafted J.C. Horn after a lot of people, including us on the pod, had mock drafts taking the linemen. They take J.C. Horn, who I thought was the best corner in the draft. Um, I really wanted him to fall a couple more spots in New England. Um, but this team, no matter what, I know we're going to talk about their first five in a minute, but I, I want to preface it by saying this. I think this is one of those teams that's probably going to be solid throughout the year. But their last four games, two against Tampa, one against the Bills, and then a game against the Saints. Not a great four-game stretch to end the year. Um, What do you have on the Carolina Panthers? Carolina Panthers, A.J. Boye, and they draft J.C. Horn at corner. Shaq Thompson, Hassan Reddick in their linebacking core, Derek Brown at D-tackle, Brian Burns is a dog, Yader Gross-Mater going into year two. This defense will be elite. This defense is going to be very good. They're going to make a big jump. Um, The Panthers lost eight games last year by one possession games. I think they will have better quarterback play. Christian McCaffrey comes back with Chubba Hubbard. I believe it's pronounced Chuba, but Chuba Hubbard just rolls off the tongue a little bit better. Sorry, mm-hmm. Chuba. If you want to at me, I'll change it. But they draft Charence Marshall. You know, an LSU guy we thought could go in the first round. Goes in the second to them to add with Robbie Anderson, DJ Moore. Offensive line looks steady. <sighs> this team's going to be good. Can't wait to watch the Panthers. Um, the Panthers are my dark horse team that, uh, you know, outside of the 49ers, I think they're a team that could potentially make the playoffs that missed last year. I don't think anybody wants any piece of the Panthers. I think they are going to uh I think they're going to finish second in their division personally. And that's only cuz the Bucks are so good. Yeah, this team won 5 games with the 17 game add. I really like them at 10 and 7 to double their win total. Um I think they're that good. I don't have them as a potential playoff team. I know 10 and 7 sounds like it might be, but I think 10 and 7 would be on the outside looking in at this point in the, in the NFL. But I really like this team. I like a lot of things about them. I like how well coached they are. I like the direction they're heading and how focused they've been on improving the defensive side of the ball while still bringing in offensive pieces such as Sam, um, Sam Darnold and Terrence Marshall. I mean, last year they hit on pretty much, I think they took eight of their eight selections were all defensive, and I think they hit on three of them right now, at least that we know of. So, And then bringing in J.C. Horn, which, again, I'll reallude to. I think that is a huge move. I like the Panthers. I'm going to continue to talk about the Panthers because I think that they're one of the, they're one of like four or five teams that's probably just a year or two still away from being 
in the conversation where we're just continuously talking about them. You know, your Buffaloes, your Tampas, your your the Ravens, um, uh, Kansas City, all those teams that we're consistently talking about. Seattle. I think they're just like a year or two away from being that guy, and we'll see if Sam Darnold is able to be that guy. I think he is. I think you think that as well. Well, I'll put words in your mouth, but you know, I think Sam Darnold's a great piece for them. I think Sam Darnold's awesome, and we'd be remiss if we didn't at least mention. I don't care if it's in the XFL, the whatever other league they made earlier before that. If it's in preseason, PJ Walker balls every single time he's on the, on the field. So yeah. when you've got guys like I mean Will Greer who played decent at West Virginia and PJ Walker, I do think they have other options behind him who, you know, it's possible this could be PJ Walker's team in 2 years if Sam Darnold doesn't make it out. But I agree with you. Sam Darnold I think will play very well and um I think it's I think what we're going to see in his mentality. I mean, he was pressured on what like 42% of his dropbacks last season. It's a really sad scenario. You can't, you can't play quarterback like that. You just can't do it. So, no. all in on the Panthers. My chips are in the middle with Jeff. Um, if you're a fan of the Panthers, you're a fan of the pods. Since we started this thing, we've been on the Panthers, Panthers train. Yeah. And that boy's humming. Yeah, lots to like. Let's go over their first five. Week one, Darnold plays the Jets at home. He's going to put him down on them, Jets. Dub. Absolute W here. Week two, and I think we might here disagree. Absolutely. They're crushing the Saints. <laughs> I have them losing to the Saints. They're we'll talk. The Saints. I'll, I'll go more in on that game in a minute because I think you probably will too. Week three at the Texans, I have them easily winning this one. So of their first three games, two of them are pretty much easy Ws. Yeah, oh, they win. They beat the Texans. <laughs> okay, I was going to say, you're not. No, I'm, 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 already, I'm already ahead of the Texans. I already moved on. I'm sorry, yeah. Sorry, guys. They, they beat the Texans. Week four at Dallas. Um, I'm excited to talk about the NFC East, but I do like Dallas this year. I have Dallas beating them. Yeah, I do too. I have it written down. I'm going to stick with it. But I struggle with this game because, oh, it's honestly – 100% yeah. of the game. Well, just to skip ahead, I have them beating the Eagles week five. I'm sure you do too. And I feel like I put a loss against Dallas more so because I didn't want to just give the Panthers 5-0 and to start more than I'm confident Dallas will beat them. And maybe that's shame on me and I shouldn't do that. But I think there's a real possibility we could see a 5-0 and Panthers team. Um, I think three and two is the floor after five games. I think they're going to win three of their first five, definitely. Um, Jets, Texans, Eagles, I think they're just outright better than those teams. Um, Dallas can be nuclear, but they were injured last season. Dak is already, you know, getting MRIs and stuff. How's that going to go? Because if Dak's not there, Dallas is bad. So they do get, get, sorry, cut you off. They get just, this is fun. Rookie head coach, rookie quarterback, week one. Week two, veteran head coach, inexperienced quarterback. That is assuming Taysom Hill starts and not James. Right. We really don't know at this point. Don't know. And if they try to play the two quarterback, I'm sorry, I'm taking Darnold over at both regardless. Okay. Week three, you get a rookie head coach with an unknown quarterback, but it probably won't be Deshaun Watson. It'll be Terod Taylor if it's sure. not Deshaun Watson. Darnold's better. Right, I agree. 
Week four, you get Mike McCarthy, who's a veteran head coach, but doesn't coach like one. And you get Dak Prescott. I like Dak in that matchup. That's why I've given them the win. Okay. Week four, they get a rookie head coach with a basically uh, early sophomore quarterback. Okay. Doug Peterson. Oh, they got Nick Sirianni now. You're right. Holy. Yeah. 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 They got a lot so, of players. They're going to use their head. They yeah. are 100% favored in three of these games, maybe four. Um, as far as like just outright being more equipped to win the game. I do like the Saints a little bit more than you do, and we'll talk about them in a minute. Let's get to the next team here. This will be an easy dissection. Just be real quick, boys. Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, I got two notes. If you have any additional, feel free to add. They won Super Bowl 55 at home. Yes, that's a real headline. They return everyone. That's all I got. Yeah, they draft two guys at their first few picks. Uh, Joe Tyron, I think his name is, on the edge, and Kyle Trask, QB. Both those guys should start week one. They have no edge rusher, Shaq Barrett, and they have no quarterbacks, Tom Brady. But, no, they return everybody, and um, maybe you disagree on the Patriots, but I got dub, 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 dub. Yeah, we disagree. Just on the Patriots, or do you have another loss in there? I do. Um, I think I'm going. I'm going. I'm no. I'm going back and forth on it. So week one, I have them beating Dallas. Ditto. Okay. Week two, easily beating Atlanta. Ditto. Week three, I want to give them a loss to the Rams. I don't know. I think that's a. We're gonna get to the Rams later. We're gonna get to the Rams later. We will. Rams aren't as good as people want to make them already. Okay, first, you always flip-flop on the Rams. One second you're on the Rams, one second you're not on the Rams, and as of right now, you're not. I'm, I'm, off. I'm putting my foot down. I'm putting my foot down. This season, I'm off the Rams train, and I'll get ran over by it if I'm wrong. Y'all are crowding them too quick, and I'm sick of it. Sick of it. You, you must have flipped on the Rams five times last year. The Rams I'm... will win more games than they lose, but I, everyone's like, oh, Matt Stafford. Teams going thirteen and four, Super Bowl no, or bust. Hear me out. Hear me out. They're two and zero. Oh. Everyone's talking about how this team's running the damn table. Okay. All of a sudden, they have to travel to L.A. Just hear me out. I'm listening. I hear you. They travel to L.A. to play the Rams, and McVay gets up for the game, and they get caught sleeping, ready for the Patriots, and they 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 drop to two and one. See, I think the opposite. I I, I think I don't think Brady would look ahead. I think Brady wants to steamroll the Rams to have momentum going into the Patriots. I don't think he's going to – I mean, sure, he'll be thinking about the game. He'll be thinking about the game right now when he's going to bed week one, two, three, four, and probably weeks five, six, seven, eight, depending on the result. But I just I don't like the narrative about the Rams. I think everyone's making them so sweet when they're not – they just lost their starting running back, and their defense isn't going to be as good as it was last year. Uh, they got they got good players and they're well coached. It's hard to it's hard to not be on them. Regardless, I have them as a, I have it as an L. You have it as a win. Week four against New England, I have New England taking the W there. Um, I could it's a it's a total flip game either way for both the Rams and the Patriots. It's also tough going from L.A. all the way to New England when you're from Tampa. That's I mean whether they go back and then go to New England or go straight to I mean that's a lot of traveling. That's a that's a lot on the team, but. 
Yeah, I mean, that, everyone's going to be watching that Sunday night game. That is popcorn. Actually, yeah. it's butter. Week five, they stay in Florida, home against Miami. I like the corners on their wide receiver matchup. Also, um, for those of you listening, you know, I got my Mike Evans jersey on. Have some faith early. He's got Ramsey Gilmore Howard three straight weeks on three, four, and five, okay? His numbers might be down a bit. I mean, shoot, he's even got Darius Slay if you want to go that far after that. So, I mean, got some tough matchups out there for Mike Evans, but he's Mike Evans for a reason. But, um, yeah, they have a tough schedule. They have a schedule. I mean, it's funny that they finished second in their division last year. You know, people forget they do have a second-place uh, schedule. But um, the Bucks. I, this is, I don't think it's three. crazy that they're two and three after five games. And I'm, I'm not going to be sitting here pulling the plug. But the Rams can beat them, the Patriots can beat them, and Miami can beat them. I think it would be crazy to say they lose three straight. Brady's only lost three straight one time in his entire career. I think that'd be a wild thing to say. I'm just saying it's they have a fun first five games, and I have them at three and two. I don't know. I just kind of had like an inner talk with myself, and I felt that some some of these predictions I was putting certain things down because I didn't know how it would react with the audience you know is that a little extreme Tampa Bay Buccaneers are 5-0 I'm done catering to other people's feelings they're the best freaking team in the NFL and until proven otherwise they get dubs they get dubs it'll be proven week four in New England and I I can't wait till we're talking about the Patriots versus the Buccaneers and I I keep reminding everyone that they're coming off a 30 point beat down on the Rams (laughs) they're not good no, they're good. Rams are good. I'm sorry. I'm getting a little overexcited, but it's all right. This has been this has been fun. We so we're down on the Falcons. We both love the Panthers. We both know the Bucks are going to be great. Just to say, this has been this has been a little little crazy episode. A lot of disagreements here. I, Buckle, but nothing uh, major. Nothing major though. This is where things get belts. If you got shoes on, make sure they're tight. Make sure you're not off balance or anything. Because the Saints, Saints gonna be bad. Let's get into it here. The New Orleans Saints, winners of the NFC South last year at 12-4, and four, had the biggest salary camp dump of any team in the entire league. They had to drop over $100 million. I think it was 131 if I'm being exact, but I don't have the exact number, but it was over $100 million. Their Hall of Fame quarterback has retired. He's not coming back. <clears throat> and their best receiver, who they just paid, decided he wasn't going to pursue a surgery until last minute and is now out for the cut to the unforeseeable future. He could play week three, four, five, somewhere in there. And he has also requested a trade. I'll let you go. Real quick on the backstory for Michael Thomas, all the details that have somehow released, this is basically how it all happened, if you don't know. Michael Thomas, week one last season, in garbage time while they're up big, gets his ankle clipped, boom, it's hurting. That, that's where the injury was. You don't remember no, that? No, 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 They weren't up big. They, it was garbage time. They were winning. Yeah, they but it was a close game. Hold on. The Saints, the Saints did not put it down in the Bucks week one. Didn't they lose by like four? They won by 11 points. 
Oh, okay. Never mind. Well, anyway, anyway the, the, it, weren't, it weren't up by 30, but it was garbage time. Michael Thomas did not need to be in. Guy fell on the back of his ankle. It gets hurt. Yes. They're like, it's probably requires surgery, but with this type of rest and whatnot, you should be able to make it back later in the season. He's doing everything they're saying, but the pain's not going away. Finally gets to where he can play, but he gets in a fight with a corner at practice. Not they don't they don't find Michael Thomas. They suspend him for a full game. So now he's mad. Then he comes back and he's like, you know what? I've already waited this long. I'm gonna try and play for Drew Brees. It's on the final train. He's retiring. Tries to play through it and he sucks. Michael Thomas sucked last year playing on one leg. Couldn't do it. So then he's mad because he feels like a, a whole entire year was wasted. He could have got the surgery early, came back and played late, but it was all a mess. They took that from him. So they were like the medical staff said, hey, Michael Thomas, we need you to take care of the surgery. He's like, okay, I'll take care of it. Then nobody on the Saints could contact Michael Thomas for like two and a half, three months. Then he shows back up there like, hey, Mike, where you been? He's like, I just been out on the offseason. I'm about to go get that surgery. You were supposed to take care of that three months ago. You basically gave him the middle finger. He's like, if you you didn't tell me the right time last season, so I'll just do it on my own time. Kind of like what Scotty Pippen did to the Bulls. So both sides are mad. They both have their reasons. If him and Sean Payton can't work it out, it looks like he's going to have to go. But I, my money's on Michael Thomas not playing. But like you said, just the surgery alone and injury, it's probably like weeks one through three he might not even be able to play. So that's a mess. I think the Saints lose him. They lose Emmanuel Sanders. They lose uh, Treadwell, another receiver. Um, they, I think the Saints defense has looked better than it really is simply because I think they've played with leads a lot through Drew Brees' last four years. I mm-hmm. think this defense is possibly going to get exposed. They do have four playmakers on defense. If I miss one, I'm sorry. They got Cameron Jordan, Quan Alexander, Marshawn Lattimore and Malcolm Jenkins. They lose their second corner. I believe they had Von Bell back there. They lost him. Malcolm Jenkins is what? I think he's like 49 playing in the NFL right now. I think this offense is going to be so bad. I love Alvin Kamara, but they literally have nothing else. I think this team is – so. I think their wide receiver core is below average. Even in a preseason game, they had six turnovers against what everyone tells me. I've never played in the NFL, obviously, but everyone wants to tell me it's vanilla defense, it's simple coverage. You know, just all the quarterbacks have an interception. Um, They have Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill, and everyone's like, well, that's a pretty good quarterback room. Let's see how the battle goes. They go out and draft another quarterback. That's how confident they are in those guys. I mean, I just think this offense is going to make way too many mistakes. This defense, it's going to be another case of, like, I think this is going to be, like, a 5-7 to win team. I think this 5-7 to win team is going to be similar to – the Bears with with Mitch Trubisky. So they're going to ha- come out and everyone's going to say they're going to have a great defense. After about week four, they're going to have no belief in their quarterbacks. The defense is going to be on the field way too much. They're going to lose games late. I don't like the, t- the Saints. I like Drew Brees. I like rooting for the Saints. They've been a good team. It's kind of melted in the playoffs the last few years. Great story. They had the run. Get out of here. NFC is too tough. Too many teams in the come up. I think the Saints are around a six to seven win team. I don't like them early. You make a lot of great points, and I actually agree with you on more than you probably think I do. Um, I think it just, at the end of the day, do you believe in Sean Payton and what he's able to muster up? No, I and believe not, in what he did. And what Drew Brees did? 
I think it was more Drew Brees. It's like, do you believe in what Adam Gase and Peyton Manning did? I'm not saying he's going to be Adam Gase. Let's, I'm sorry, it might have been an extreme example, but yeah, it was Drew Brees. Well, yes, I, I I think you you have a you have an argument because he's a Hall of Fame quarterback. But so two years ago, Drew Brees was out, and Teddy Bridgewater went five and zero, six and zero, seven and zero, somewhere in there. Last year, Taysom Hill and Jameis Winston combined for six or seven and one. I think the team was much better too. They lost the whole offense. No, no, no. You're very correct, but. Don't tell me a team without Drew Brees can go whatever it is. It's like 14 and 1, 13 and 1, somewhere in there, okay? To being abominable. Okay. I just don't I, think they're bottom feeders. I don't think they're a bottom feeder team. I think that Taysom Hill and James Wilson, whatever the. I wish I had a clear cut. This is who our starter is. And we yeah, don't know their team plan. Not having that. There's a lot of up in the airs with this team. Because truthfully. I just think that they'll be able to beat middle of the ground teams. Gosh. And for those of you watching, clearly Jeff and I have two different viewpoints on the saints and you're going to pick your side. That's why we love football. I mean, it's not for the teams that we agree on. It's the teams that we disagree on and everybody wants to yeah. see who's right. And how we see a certain team. Yeah. Teams, teams like the Saints and the Falcons as of right now are teams why we want to watch football. Like Jeff and I have our teams that, man, I can't wait to see who's right on the Saints and Falcons because I think I think by week five we're going to have a top two and bottom two, clearly. I don't think this is a division where there's a lot of three and twos and twos and threes. I think I think the Saints aren't going to be good, but we're going to get into it here. Um, If you don't have anything else, which continue if you do, but oh, go ahead. first five, uh, first they're home against, home against the Packers. So this is a fun game because, as you know, the Silver Dome, Mercedes Silver, yeah, Super Super Dome, whatever, what the hell they call it, it gets it gets rocking. It won't mm-hmm. be enough for Aaron Rodgers. He's going to be on at least early on. I don't know if it's it's sustainable, but he will be on a war path. I like the Packers too. Packers. Week two at Carolina. Saints do not typically travel well on the road with Breeze, but we're talking a different quarterback. I like their coaching. It's early enough that you're not going to have a game plan for them. I like them to beat Carolina. I don't like them to sustain, to be sustainably good. Like I bet you Carolina would beat them later in the season at on the road. I just week two, you don't have tape on Taysom and, and, and Winston as of at that point yet on what they're trying to do. I like them to get the W there. Yeah, I mean, we just we disagree. Disagree on the Panthers. I mean, we both set our cases. Everyone listening knows how we feel. I think the Panthers' defense makes a huge leap on their second year. Uh, Joe Brady gets uh, gets Sam Darnold. Lots of weapons on offense. Christian McCaffrey's back. I like the Panthers. Uh, let, let me say this, because I'm about to say it for the next team, and I think I'd be remiss if I didn't say it now. Carolina has a defense good enough to beat average quarterback play as Taysom Hill and Jameis Winston. I will say that. Yeah, this is going to be – it will be – Panthers are going to be fun all year. I don't care who they're, they're playing. Tune in. Absolutely. I'm tuning in. Absolutely. They're going to be one of those games that's like, damn, I want to pick the Panthers, but I won't, and then they beat it, and then you're like, damn, I should pick the Panthers. Or vice that's versa. <laughs> yeah, yeah, or vice versa. Week three at New England. Again, they have to travel. 
I think I think New England's defense is too much. Maybe Carolina's will be too, and I'm just wrong. But um, this is one of those where it's like New England's just – they already lost their Hall of Fame quarterback, and they're already on the rebuild back. The Saints lost theirs, and they're on the rebuild down. So Patriots pick up the W. I'll start here. I got the Patriots winning as well. Saints 0-3 for me. But what I do want to say for a lot of people who it hasn't quite sunk in yet, you're going to be looking through your – you know, what games are on today, and you're going to see Saints-Patriots, and it's going to dawn on you that Brady and Breeze are off these teams. Like, they're just different teams now. Like, these were two teams over the last seven or eight years, even longer, that were just staples of great offensive play. You know, this is going to be a shootout. We're going to see great play. This is two two teams with iffy quarterback play. It's going to be a defensive slaughter, and I think New England has potentially have the best defense in the league. 2018 and 2019, I'm sorry, 2019 and 2020 New England Patriot offensive weapons were some of the worst I've ever seen a team win with. And then 2020, they didn't win. But the Saints, if they didn't have Alvin Kamara, would be worse than that. Alvin Kamara is their sole piece. Yes. Um, And I think they have enough trickery to keep themselves competitive in games this year but they're not going to be a long-term team that's going to be winning 10 or 11. I agree there. Um, week four, I had them beating the Giants at home. You, you can't drop them to 0-4. Are you going to? No. See, this is one of those ones where I feel like i got to give them the win just because you can't ha- – I'll give them the win. I'll give them the win. I don't, I don't have much more to say. I'm hot. I'm hot about this decision, but it's on paper. Just know, you know, a lot of these things I'm kind of in the air. I am doing my 32-team all games, no overlapping full-season prediction. There will be no holds back. I will wear my predictions out in front. We'll see if I'm right or wrong. I struggle with this one, but I feel like I'm giving the Saints the win just because I see the name New Orleans Saints and New York Giants. But I think this is a team trending downward and a team trending upward. Just how how far down and how far up are these teams yet? I don't know. But, again, the Giants' defense was, I think, eighth overall at the end of last year. Played lights out the last five or six games on their playoff push. Again, the quarterback situation in New Orleans freaks me out. Week five at the Washington football team. I had the Saints winning again, moving to three and two. I have no problem giving them the loss here. I love Washington's defense. I think their offense has improved. Anton Gibson, Scary Terry, they get Curtis Samuel. I think they have a slept on tight end. I think he's pretty good. The defense, had defense going defense. Can't run on them, can't pass. They're good. I like Washington. The football team. This was not intended. I did it um, actually last night. I have every single one of these teams deadlocked at three and two after five games. That's funny. I have a five and oh, four and one, and two one and fours. We couldn't agree more. You have everyone right in the middle. Yeah. <laughs> this this division. And again, this is just five weeks. I already alluded to the Carolina Panthers playing four very tough games in the year. Um, I will say this: I've been doing a lot of thinking. What team is going to acquire Deshaun Watson? Because at this I point, he will be traded. I think it's the Saints. Hear me I out. I think the Saints are the only team 
that can really make this work. Unless you have other things that I just need to hear and there needs to be movement. I, I'm not even going to say reasons why. I'm not even. I want you guys, the listeners, you, you guys listening to the podcast, think to yourselves. Jeff, I'm going to ask you a question first. What team has the number one cap, most cap space next year? I honestly don't know. It's the Pittsburgh Steelers. And they're losing Big Ben. They have a lot of cap space yeah. with an African-American head coach. Yeah, no, it makes a lot of sense. Now, Pittsburgh, does have, Pittsburgh does have to pay TJ, but I think they're going to have the money. They have a young receiver. They're paying nobody on the offense right now. Zero people. We have an entirely new offensive line, either on rookie deals or one-year deals. I know I know, listeners, I said I wasn't going to give you reasons, but I'm getting a little excited, a little hot and bothered talking about my Steelers for a little bit. We have three three wide receivers, a rookie tight end, rookie running back. Everything's looking up. We have paid nobody. On the defense, we're going to give TJ all the money, and we're going to give Minka all the money. But we already see Stefan Tuitt restructuring his contract, opened up another six mil for the Steelers yesterday. Cameron Hayward has already once before restructured his contract. You know, Joe Hayden wants a new contract because he wants to finish in Pittsburgh. Uh, Devin Bush still on a rookie deal. Splane's still on a rookie deal. Got to have the quarterback right. If we have a winning season this year and Ben goes out, Tomlin's got a record on the line. Deshaun Watson has spoke about how he wants to be in the Black Lives Matters and, you know, the community of African-Americans. Mike Tomlin is one of the best spokesperson as a coach. The Steelers have done – you look at some of the players who left and all of their personal information comes out and they fail elsewhere. Maybe Deshaun Watson wants a well – after the chaos in the Houston Texans, he wants one of the foundations of football that will keep his personal things inside the building. I just think everyone's on – there's a lot of people on this train that Aaron Rodgers, you know, could come to Pittsburgh because they got the cap space, you know, veteran quarterback. I kind of I kind of look at Deshaun Watson. Maybe that's why one of the Broncos, really well-run organization. I, I think the Steelers have made some splash moves in the past. I don't know. And a lot of people may ask me, money-wise, would you give up T.J. Watt to get Deshaun Watson? I'm not willing to answer that at this time. It it would be, it, I mean, we're so attached to TJ Watt. Yeah. But you could have everything right, and if the quarterback's wrong, you're going to suck. You're not going to. You're not going to be good enough. So yeah. if you ask me at the end of the day, would I do it? I'd let TJ go. I think to get Deshaun Watson. I think. But if these allegations are over and he wants to trade, and we get some knowledge that he's going to be able to play football. Watch out for Pittsburgh. But Eagles, yeah. Eagles, Broncos, they've both been in the mix heavily. But the Steelers, you know, even when they went for Minka, it was like, who's going for him? Who's going to get him? Then, bam, Steelers out of nowhere, you know. So the Steelers, they do quiet business. And uh, there's going to be a new GM in town because Colbert will leave. And you know what new GMs want? They want their own guy. You can't get it in the draft. Why not bring Deshaun? It's draft time. Uh-oh. So we've been doing it to this at the end of the last couple of episodes um, with our frustrations on the Madden lists that have come out. 
and obviously the popularity of the NFL's top 100. We've been giving our top players at each positional group via draft style. Um, week one, I had the number one pick. Week two, Brad had the number one pick. I will have the number one pick again this week. Let me know when you're ready, Brad. Oh, yeah. I'm just writing down numbers because, you know, we keep track of these lists. Have a little fun later. Yep. I will say this. I'm going to take somebody number one, but I will not even hesitate if somebody listed somebody else as number one. I think they're I think they're very close. One player does one thing so good. The other player does it just as good and is also a very good blocker. Travis Kelsey is the best tight end in the league. But if you swapped him and Kittle and put Kittle on the Chiefs, I, I think people would say Kittle is. Kittle is a complete tight end with blocking skills. He's the, he's the Gronk that – he's poor man's Gronk. Okay. Number one, Travis Kelsey. You're going to have the third pick, and it's going to be the first pick because George Kittle's number two. Everybody okay. knows that. Everybody knows those two are the first two. Honestly, I think three and four are definitive too, but you know we like to throw curveballs. Yeah. I'm not throwing a curveball here. I don't think anybody's disagreeing with me. So right now it's Travis Kelsey and George Kittle is like your number one. This guy is putting his name in there, Darren Waller, for the Raiders. They don't have a lot of pieces, but they do have Darren Waller. Yep. Can't disagree with that. Absolute stud. Uh, Number four had a little bit of a quieter season last year, but really exploded two years ago. He plays with Lamar Jackson on the Baltimore Ravens. Mark Andrews is going to be the fourth best tight end in the league. Solid. And I think those top four, you could swivel, swap these, swoop these, swifty a couple maybe, but I think everybody would be okay with that top four. This is where it's going to get, it's going to get crazy now, in my opinion, <laughs> because let me say this before we even go any farther, there's nobody that deserves to be number five. Would you agree with that? I don't think there's anybody yeah. on here that's like, no. I'm number five, period. No. I don't, I don't think there's there is. There's a top four, and then there's the other tight ends. Yeah, it's how you and, rank them. And for a lot of people, like I said, me and Jeff both had this. Originally, we were going to do top ten tight ends. Yeah. And we started reading these names, and we're like, man, are, we got a lot of good tight ends. This whole tight end you thing that Kittle and Kelsey started, I was like, who are they calling? I get it. I get it. There's a lot of good tight ends in the league. There's very few A pluses. There are a lot of Bs. Yes. Tons of tons Bs. Tons of Bs. Tons of Bs. Tons of Bs. <laughs> bs everywhere. Um, I'm gonna go with this guy. He was the greatest tight end that's ever walked the planet. He retired for a year. He's been injured here and there. He had a solid year last year at a comeback return. I think it's Gronk. Um I think if he was asked to do more, he could. He showed it in the Super Bowl. I like Gronk at number five here. Um, I guess we're, we're talking about each of them. I don't really like Gronk at five, but I will say this. His top end is still very high. Yeah. It's just, yeah. He doesn't have the motor, I don't think, to put it out every game. But you know when yeah. they got to the – you knew that when the Buccaneers got to the playoffs, Gronk's going to be a problem, and he was. So, touchdown in the Super Bowl, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. So, I two. mean – Two. Two. Two tutty. Doubled up on it. Okay, well – Gronk's that guy. No, nope, I'm not going to complain too much. Um, number six, I feel like there's a lot of people in Detroit that want me to say a certain man, but I like Mike Gesicki from the Dolphins. 
me and the boys call that guy Mike Gasexy. Now, a lot of you guys don't know this, but Mike Gasicki out of Penn State, really good tight end. But I want y'all to know, and this is some fantasy advice, maybe. I know they got a lot of receivers now on that team, but 80% of his snaps were in the slot, and another like 10% of his snaps were out at wide receiver. He only lined up like 9% of the time or 10% of the time up against the line. We'll see if that changes, but he's 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 good. He makes some good catches, some good blocks, big body, can run down the middle. I like Mike Kosicki. People in Detroit are probably calling for somebody, but I'm actually not going to take him. I'm taking Noah Fant out of Denver. I like Noah Fant. I think if he had better quarterback play, we'd be having him maybe a, a notch or two higher on this list. Yeah, um, he's definitely suffering from quarterback play, but I'm not going to let him go anymore, Detroit. TJ Hawkinson. Yeah. No, Hawkinson at eight is a good spot there. He's good. Um, really like this player. He was my number two, like, dream list for New England this offseason. My number one was Curtis Samuel. It didn't happen. But my number two, and it was probably secretly my number one because of how bad we were at tight end. I think Jonu Smith is the ninth best tight end in the league. I'm really excited. I think he has a chance to climb this list, too. I think he's that good. Yep, John Smith's good. Uh, number 10, I don't want to let him get outside the top 10. Throw Philly some love. Dallas Goddard, um, he came in. We all remember what Zach Ertz was. Dallas Goddard's overtaken him. He's done extremely well. Again, Philly's done bad, so you don't pay attention to him. Dallas Goddard's good. He puts up good numbers, too. We all wow. remember how good Zach Ertz was. Ma- he came in and snatched that. Massively game. disagree. I have him over, over, you know, let's just, he's at 10. We don't need to get into too much here. Uh, if this player would hold on to the ball a little bit more, I think he'd be, I think he'd easily be in the top 10. It's Evan Ingram, though. I could see him falling down if he continues to drop the ball, though. He's the reason the Eagles won on Thursday night last year. Kept me yeah. going in my survival league, dropped a clear fourth down, or first down, excuse me. Yeah. Um. Man, I'll do it. I'll do it. I was waiting for you to do it, but I'll jump the gun. Kyle Pitts at number 12. I, he wasn't going much farther. He wasn't he hasn't, going much farther. hasn't played a down, but, I mean, this man off the charts on his numbers. He's playing in an offense under Arthur Smith, who clearly knew how to use his tight ends. Matt Ryan slinging the rock. So, let, let, me, let me say this, and I think you'll probably just agree with it, too, if I had to guess. He's a top tight end. T- top 10 tight end in this league. We just didn't want to give it to him yet. And he will 100% be top six, I think, by the end of the year. Would you agree? If he puts up great numbers based off what he did at Florida, his projections, and then if he matches them, it'd be hard not to give him that number five spot. I mean, Gronk will be another year older. It'll be tough not to put him up at five. I agree. Win losses don't matter for tight ends. Um. I think this player's a traded team away from being right back in the discussion, and I'm shocked you put somebody above him. Um, Zach Ertz. He just looks old. He's not old. That's what, he just, He's not playing. I think he's checked out. I'd love to see him go to the Colts and go with Carson Wentz and Frank yeah. Fred again. Play with Mo Ali Cox and Jack Doyle. I'm, they do I'm have a lot of talent. you, he's a, he's a, he's a, He's an early season trade away from being very good again. Okay, and and I like that, but I mean I don't want to go too far back. But the last two years I've been watching Zach Ertz like 
just not that guy anymore. He's, for the last two years, he's had poor, poor results. Whether that's a mindset, whether it's yeah. the, the, the Eagles. But the last two years, Dallas Goddard in the same situation has flourished. I'm telling you, go look at Dallas Goddard. A lot of no, people might... no, he's a baller. I just wouldn't have put it as high as you did. But it, I get it. I get it. All right. Um, You know, I mentioned this guy earlier, you know, talking about, you know, one of the games of Washington. I like Logan Thomas. I think he's good. Wow. Over wow. Hunter Henry, yes. No. And, and no. Robert Tonyan, Hunter Henry. Wow, I didn't have I him on my list, and he deserves to be higher. Logan Thomas. Oh, you're saying? He's too low. He's well, way right. too low. Uh, I actually, wow. He you needs to be him? high. That's all I'm saying. We missed, uh, yeah, we, I missed him for sure. You're try, you bailed him out by putting him here. Not, not on a slip anymore. I think he's higher personally. Um, first off, he's a quarterback converted tight end, not like Tim Tebow. He's actually good at it. Um, oh, throwing shade at Tebow. Come on. You got to he didn't do nothing wrong man he didn't do nothing wrong i had to i had to um this player is hidden because he's part of too many weapons austin hooper at 15 i'm okay with hoop um the three names i have left are hunter henry tyler higby and Robert Tanyan, maybe it's because he plays for the Packers, no but Jared he, Cook. Nah. no Garrett Everett. Great. I think we might be talking about Everett because he's playing in Seattle now. Just watch out yeah, for him. Yeah, we'll see how he does, but yeah. maybe it's because he's with Rodgers and Adams and stuff, sneaks on the radar. But Robert Tanyan really came on the scene last year, and um, I'm going to give him the 16 spot. But again, we're talking Hunter Henry, Tyler Higby. You said Jared Cook, Gerald, or what's his name, Everett, Jason, or Gerald, or what did you say? Jared, Jared, Everett with a G. Let's, Jared. Just, say J, let's just say Everett. Yeah, yeah Everett. Those, I mean, four tight ends that people know of. Yeah. And it's like, we could have made a top 20. I mean, there's a lot of tight ends. We didn't even mention, like, I don't know if some of you still think, but he did play for three teams. Now, Eric Ebron, we didn't even mention his name, and I don't think he's a top Ebron's tight end. Solid. He's, just, he's just another guy. Um, yeah, Pat Freermuth. Went in the second round. I know there's a both Steelers guys. I'm not saying they're top 20, but I mean, like, there's a yeah. the tight ends is becoming a more interesting position for, like, a lot more younger kids. I feel like there's a lot of teams that have a tight end instead of, like, oh, there's, like, only three teams that use their tight end. Like, a lot of teams use their tight end now. Yeah. They're good, too. They're more like just big receivers, chip blockers. Teams that don't have good production at tight end are typically not good. Look at New England the last two years. They struggle to move the ball. There's a reason for that. There's no check down. There's no security blanket. The tight end's a big spot. I will say this, Hunter Henry, if you're listening, I know you listen to the podcast. Get your ass healthy, man. I'm not sure what's going on, but get your ass healthy. You've been hurt the last couple of years. New England brought you in to run a two tight end system. The problem with a two tight end system is you need two tight ends. And if you're not there, that's an issue. Get your ass healthy and let's get on the field. Johnny Smith also tweaked an ankle, man. He was out of practice too. Don't you worry about Johnny. I'm saying you got you got two Don't tight ends. They're both crip walking out there. Don't you worry about Johnny. He's gonna be a dog. Okay. I can't wait. All right. Can't wait. That is the NFC South. That is a little bit of Deshaun Watson there at the end, and that is your tight ends ranked one to sixteen. I uh, hope you guys dug it. We're digging it. We'll be back next time with the NFC West. 
cruising right through your division breakdowns. And uh, I'm ready for football. Me too, man. I'd have put Kittle number one. Love you, Kelsey. So, I, I, I wouldn't have argued it. I almost did. I almost no, did. Actually, someone asked me earlier. They were like, who's number one in your tight ends? I know you're doing your podcast later. And I was like, man, y'all know I got a soft spot for Kittle. Dude, I Kittle's gotta great. Tra- I got to put Travis Kelsey at one, though. But I do like that. Mm. Yeah, a little first down thing he's got. Yeah. Ah, like that. I like that. I, I got his jersey. Yeah. I'll be cheering for him. See me at B-Dubs yelling for the 49ers. Let's go, I ain't playing. You hype. I love Kittle. I can't wait for it to come back. How do you not love Kittle? How do you not like watching that dude play? I like Kittle. I love Let's, Kittle. I, I don't know. I know you do. I'm just saying, like, a wrestling fan, too. He's a huge fan of, like, The Rock and Stone Cold, so, of course. You just see him, Kittle. like, tidbits when he's getting interviewed or, you know, sound bites when he's mic'd up. And he literally <laughs> reminds me of Gronk. He's a complete tight end, and he's a dog. He's fast, too. He can move. Yeah, he's fast as hell. Get nice your ass Kittle, if you're listening to this, get your ass healthy. Be an impact oh, player. Right. He'll be out there week one. He'll be in Detroit, your local your local city here, a few out, yeah. about an hour up north. Running overall. Speaking yeah, of the NFC West, we'll talk about him next time. We'll see you guys sure. later. Real talk. Out. Yeah.